Welcome back, everyone. Today, we are discussing Matrix Resurrections and Dune. In the last episode, which I was technically just recording, I kind of, I kind of, I, I don't know why some of these words are not coming out of my mouth properly. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's a little late on my side, but either way, I feel like something's happening, maybe because we haven't done this in a while. But so just bear with me, everyone. Some words are just meshing together. I don't know why what is happening, but I'll, I'll find my way. Maybe by the fourth episode. <laughs> but we will be discussing the Matrix Resurrections. I don't know if it's the mm. Matrix Resurrections, but Matrix yeah. Resurrections Matrix and four. Dune. Matrix 4. We'll just go with Matrix 4. So we'll obviously jump right into it. Matrix 4 or Matrix Resurrections. Uh, this how about movie... This? Yes, you you go first. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Dune. <laughs> so, all right. So obviously, spoilers again. Spoiler warning. There's gonna be spoilers for both these films. You're being warned one last time. Spoilers. All right. Yes. We're gonna jump right in. So Matrix Four. Like I really like the Matrix films, especially the first and the second one. The third one I don't remember at all. But the first mm-hmm. and second ones I really really enjoyed. This one I was really excited because they got Keanu back. They got um, Carrie Ann Moss Carrie back. Moss. You know, they didn't get Lawrence Fishburne back, but they got his character back in a sense. And they obviously got Agent Smith back in a sense, but not the original character or original mm-hmm. actor, uh, Hugo Weaving. Hugh, Hugh, uh, is that, that's correct, right? Hugo Weaving? Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving yeah. was, I think he was supposed to come back, but there were some scheduling things. Yeah. But again, that's fine. Whatever the case is, they got the main people, which is, you know, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Mas- Ann Moss. See, I'm telling you, my, my words are just all over the place. <laughs> But whatever. But we'll just go with it. Keanu and Carrie, okay? Yes, so both of them you. were back. But I was I was really excited about this. I was like, yo, this is gonna be an amazing film. It's on HBO Max day one. So you're gonna, you know, there's gonna be so many subscribers coming into HBO Max. And the movie started off with this weird this this metaverse thing is really like frustrating me now. And this movie is kind of what you know, it's, it's kind of showing you what my frustrations are built upon. It's this idea that we just need to be, make everything meta. In the film, they were talking about a film and having a sequel and they, and stuff like that. And the idea is that Keanu Reeves is, I'm sorry? A game, right? The, yeah, exactly. That like Keanu Reeves' character is a game developer and all that stuff. And, and the, the game was basically, the Matrix films were technically the game and everything like that. They're just this back and forth. And the idea is that actually in the real world, Keanu Reeves is, is like plugged inside this this weird like little chamber thing. And obviously the machines are feeding him this information. That's kind of the main idea. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it starts off. They spent a long time in this weird, let's let's talk about the meta stuff. Let's talk about the meta stuff and let, tell people they have like, like give people no idea of what's actually happening for I don't know how long. That was yeah. the first 30 to 40 minutes to an hour of, of so. And I was getting so frustrated. I was already sick of this movie. I was like, I cannot believe that I was this excited for this movie. That was like an hour in, right? I'm obviously going to, I'm just going to quickly go into go, the go, entire go, go, movie go. in a sense. Yeah. Because I, I, I need to get this off. And that was like an hour or so in. Then obviously somehow they do something in that metaverse area. They find some random people that decide to help Keanu Reeves' character for whatever reason, because they don't explain that really well. They just, they for some reason say that Keanu Reeves' character apparently looks at people, looks at these the, the people in the Matrix, and they become they, they come out of it, they snap out of it just by him looking at them. No explanation. I didn't get the hell. I didn't get that get what was happening. I could be wrong about this, but that's kind of what no, I no, got. No, that's exactly what happened with that person. Yeah. Exactly. So they so, okay. So they find a way to get Keanu out of there. Then Keanu is like, all right, cool. 
Where's Carrie? I forgot. Trinity. Where's Trinity? I got to find her. So people are like, she's back in the Matrix. We can't get her. He's like, no, but we got to go back go back and get her. They're like, all right, man, we risked our life to like get you out. I guess we'll go back and get Trinity. So they jump back into the Matrix to try and get Trinity back out. There's a whole mm. fight scene. There's a bunch of fight scenes there, but the fight scenes are not good, first of all. No. Most of the time, most of the time, Keanu Reeves was do- just doing this weird force push thing where he was just putting his hands out and there was like a shield and everyone's like bullets and everything or everything was just being repelled. That was it. That was that was basically the entire fight scene I just described <laughs> to you in this entire film. They do that. They get get out. Basically, they are able to get Trinity out and that was essentially it. It was like a love story basically at the end. Trinity and Keanu are reunited. They go back into the Matrix to mess with the the, the professor or whoever, the, the professor, I don't know, the collector, architect, I don't know. What no, architect. Architect. The architect, yeah. The, whoever was in charge of the Matrix or whatever on, in, in the human form in the Matrix or whatever, they go back, they, they they mess with them a little bit and they go fly off. That's it. That's how the movie ended. Mm-hmm. This is Matrix Resurrections after all the buildup and I'm so disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's that was me. Like, seven was... minute rant. My seven minute rant. <laughs> no, so I, 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 I do kind of remember Matrix Three, but like the fact that they kind of tried to rewrite Matrix Three, which ended with the machines agreeing to a truce and then giving humans the choice whether they wanted to be in the Matrix or not, and suddenly we're here where they've they've taken away the choice from the actual guy who negotiated the bloody treaty. Yeah, And then there's some stupid explanation about how that basically they experimented and they saw that when he was close to Trinity, there was a lot of power generation. Because how, how did this come back about power oh, yeah, I forgot generation? about that part. Like, did you, like, that was so weird. Like, true love gives you so much power. Are you serious? Like, this is the yeah. Matrix movies we're talking about. Like, it was it basically was... a love story, basically. And it was a, it was a pretty bad love story. Yeah, exactly. Like, it wasn't even a good love story. It was. It wasn't even. It, it, you can only bank on nostalgia for so long, but the fact that they lost us within the first hour because first half hour, because everything was so weird. And okay, I have to say this: Lawrence Fishburne was not even contacted for this. I have he's no idea actually, why. No, he's actually gone on record saying I was not contacted. Second. Hugo Weaving was supposed to come back. He had scheduling things because they were shooting at the same time he was doing a play or whatever. Who doesn't wait for Hugo Weaving? Are you serious? You're telling Agent me if Keanu couldn't be? Yeah, exactly. Are you telling me if Keanu Reeves wouldn't become, would suddenly become you know, unavailable, you wouldn't wait for him? Like, who the hell are these people? Yeah. Like, it Look, was... I, I, I do want to yeah. say like it feels like this film was extremely rushed. Like in yeah. terms of just the writing, everything. It seems like they just ba- they just built this film quickly because first of all, it's a film that's coming out on HBO Max. So HBO obviously, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers, they want HBO Max to be the new Netflix, right? So they're like, mm-hmm. all right, we need something big. We already we have Dune. We have I actually don't know if Dune came out day one, but Dune did. Let's just say Dune did. okay, Dune did. Okay, we have Dune. All this stuff. We need big movies this year that will get people on HBO Max. Hey, we have Matrix. Can you make a new Matrix? They're like. Uh, we kind of ended it in a way that it doesn't make sense to bring it back. It's like, I don't care. Bring it back. Bring it back. Keanu Reeves, give him whatever he wants. Bring it back. And they just kind of put all this together at the last minute. That's literally how it feels. And I initially, when the movie came out, it was getting like horrible reviews. It was getting like mm-hmm. 4 out of 10, 3 out of 10, 5 out of 10. I was like, I'm like no, no. Okay, these, these are just people that I guess are just not Matrix fans or are viewing it in the lens of if you have not watched the previous three Matrix films, and you watch this film, 
yeah, you might not, you might not like it, right? That's kind of how I mm-hmm. view it. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. for us who are Matrix fans, we might actually enjoy this. Now, while having watched it, I totally get why you got a four out of ten. I'm like, you know what? You were onto something with this. I should have avoided this film. No, but I, I think it's just uh, the, I feel like there was a bit of hubris in the um, in the writers. I think it was Lana Wachowski who wrote it as well. There's a bit of hubris in writing this, and, and I get it. But let's not try to make this something it isn't. And this isn't anywhere close to the first three Matrix movies. It barely takes the concept forward because it's got you know half-ass stuff that nobody looked at in the first place, and. That whole, um, you know, Neo and Trinity thing is still annoying me in like such a major way. I can't even. So I, I know because I, it was so you. surprising. Yeah, it was just so surprising that that was where they went. I was exactly. and I honestly because it, because just Lana only Lana was working on this. I wish mm-hmm. Lana and Lily, if, if both of them were on this, this could have been something. I feel like. Maybe, like I said, like obviously, you know, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Lily was it just did not want to work on the film, no. uh, you know. So and maybe there was something there that hey, we're done. The, the the films are done, and after watching this, I can see why they thought that. And the Matrix Resurrections is called Resurrections for a reason, right? The the idea was that this film would lead into more movies in the future. Considering how how badly this movie has done on the box office. Critically, I think I think this is it. I think the Matrix is like Terminator is is done. It's game over now. They're not gonna come back. Yeah, no, but it, I, I mean, look, I'm 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 with you on that. Like the story seemed so, um, uh, you know, with, without fully fleshing it out. But I keep going back to like I'm not not to harp onto this whole thing a lot. But uh, you're telling me in the first three movies they did not figure out that when Neo and Trinity are next to each other, they generate a lot of power. Like, yeah. how is this a new concept? <laughs> No, exactly. And and it was yeah, I was uh, look if you if you want to watch it just for the completion sake, watch it. I wouldn't go spend more money on it. Wait for it to be free on whatever you, so you subscribe to, um. But be prepared to be disappointed. Yeah, and with that, we can move on to yes. Dune. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you take this away. So Dune again, like I said before, spoiler warning. I'll mm-hmm. give you another second. Please pause the episode. Go watch it. Go watch on HBO Max. Come back and join us. All right. Spoilers okay, are on. Go ahead. Look, I've been waiting for this movie since they announced it. Um, not a, like Dennis Villanueva is, is, is great in itself, but the fact that they have such a brilliant cast to the point where I read the books in preparation for this movie. The book, not the books. There are books, but I read the main book. Um, and I love that so much. I finished that book in like a space of a couple of days. So I was looking forward to this. I was massively looking forward to this. And Timothy Chalamet, like we all know, we love him. Like he's good. He's great in whatever he does. Um, could have more expressions, but you know, whatever. Oscar Isaac, um, he, again, like with him and people like uh, uh, Josh Brolin and Jason Momoa and even Rebecca Ferguson, like it was a very, very great cast. I'm not going to talk about Zendaya much because she's not really much in this movie. And that makes sense because... I love so- Jason Momoa, by the way. He was my favorite character in the entire film. Um, So Dune is based on like a book by Frank Herbert from like the 60s or 70s. Um, No, I read it. (laughs) It's it's widely considered to be uh, the inspiration for Star Wars, for George Lucas's Star Wars. And as you see the movie and as you read the book, you understand why, because a lot of the characters are similar, but not the same, you know, same, same, but different. 
um and uh and it's it's um and the visual nature of this given how much how good the effects are right now is what i was really excited to see now dune as a book it's hard to do it all in one movie because there's so many things happening and to do it justice so this i think was contrived initially as a two movie series but um but who, who are the who are the producers warner brothers um, yeah, they, the Wonder Brothers, only, yeah. they only greenlit movie one for now. Um, about green I believe movie. number two is uh, number two has been greenlit. If I'm number not mistaken, number two now has been greenlit, and they're and they're potentially looking at movie three, which is going to cover the kids of um, Paul, Paul Atreides. So, all right. So, what's the movie about? It's about this family called Atreides. Um, they are living on their home planet uh, of Caladan. Oh, I remember this, um, which is like, you know, a lot of water and mountains and stuff. And then, and again, now this is, and we did the math, didn't we? This is now 10 or year 10 or 12,000. In comparison, we are now in 2022. So at that time, we've gone away. We've got, you know, we've, there's all these planets that are part of this empire. And you've got this emperor dude who's ruling over everything. And he tells all these powerful nobles to go and rule other parts. And a big part of this is this thing called spice, because they couldn't think of any other name in the 70s, I imagine, um, which is this this spice that they need for the navigators for space travel. And that comes from one planet called Arrakis. And, and the movie starts off with the Atreides family being told, hey, you need to go take on the production at Arrakis. The family who was there, the, the Baron has been told to leave. Um, and you know, this is all yours. Have fun. That's how we start off. Now the Baron, obviously Baron Harkonnen obviously doesn't want to leave because, you know, you make a lot of money from spice. Uh, the Baron also has, um, subjugated the local population of Arrakis, um, who live in the desert in like these, these things called seats, which are like these sort of havens underground, um, they wear these suits which recycle all their body's water, including including sweat, um, which is what they drink, which is so weird. Um, and they are, and it's and that's that's sort of the the political environment that they're getting into, you know. While and they've got this other spiritual thing built in where his mom is a part of the Bene Gesserit, who are these clan of women who are taught how to, um, you know, magically, you know. Uh, you know, it's like charm speak or something in a way, basically. It's kind of Kilgrave, no, not Kilgrave. Um, yeah, yeah. Was it Kilgore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Kilgrave? Kilgrave. Kilgrave, yeah. Uh, Jessica Jones. Jones, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like that, exactly. And also that these Bene Gesserit women are are bred for the sole purpose of going to all these noble families and then changing political events. Um, as decided by the Bene Gesserit, you know, like they're, so these, they're never, they're never the wives of the nobles. They're always the mistresses. Uh, they bear more women. So the women can become more Bene Gesserit women, but it's, it's, it's like a weird patriarchal society, which again, for the seventies of the books, I, I, we get it. We don't like it, but we get it. And that's sort of where, where we are. And Paul Atreides was a son. Now, just to give you a bit of history, she was supposed to bear, so his mom, Jessica was supposed to bear a female, but she had a son and she's trained him in the Bene Gesserit ways because she wasn't supposed to do, but she is, she has. Um, 
And and you know, as the movie thing movie happens, as you can expect, you know, there's a lot of uh, betrayal, and people die, and and Jessica and Paul fled fl- flee to the desert, where they meet the local people, um, and uh, and figure out what to do next. That's that's literally how it ends. I was a little surprised yeah. by it because, like you said, like the way they ended it was, hey. This is supposed to continue in the in the, in the second yeah. film. This is not where the story but, ends, which was interesting. The, but I'm like, I get it. But if you've read the book, this is the right ending because in the book, after this, there's a time jump. I see. Okay. So that's that's where that I guess where I get where they were coming from, and I'm glad they stopped it here because you can't start a time jump and then leave us in the middle of it. So you've just gone, hey, we're safe. We're here. It's 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 um it's none of the plot points will surprise anyone, right? When things like that happen, when you when you see sci-fi movies like this, there's always betrayal. There's always this one person who who went and did something because you know their wife they killed Jason Momoa. Something. How dare they? They killed Jason Momoa, unfortunately, and he is dead as per the books as well. So chillax. Um, I know you're hoping for him to come back in movie two. I know. I was hoping they were gonna anyways. do some like, resurrection thing or something, but like I guess he's dead. <laughs> But who we will see probably, hopefully, is is uh, Josh Brolin. Um, now they've got Dave Bautista who plays Harkonnen's uh, nephew, who does nephew, a brilliant, yeah. brilliant job. Um, is it Stellan Stellan Sarsgaard who plays the Baron, yeah. and he does such an amazing, amazing job of that? Yeah, and, and I wish. I mean, been, I, I do want to yeah. say. I do want to say that they did the levitation thing really weird because I guess you were telling me in the book he described as like this rhino who's like towering over people. In this, they did that's, make him look huge, how... sort of big, but they made him like levitate yeah. in the air. It looks kind of funny. I'm like, all right, this does not look towering or, you know, it does not look scary to me. I don't know whether they described him like that in the books or whether it was Dennis Villanueva who said that um, that's what he pictured him as, like a rhino. I see. That makes and, sense. And and it's it's he's he is supposed to be a very very massive dude in the books as well. Okay, that um, makes sense. But yeah, like uh, I wish I wish they did something more like kingpin like with that. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Like even the kingpin that we saw in Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, like that for me is how I how I picture kingpin. Exactly. But but they try to give this like more aspects and like in Dune two when it comes out you'll see that there's there's there's, there's a lot more complexity coming our way. Um. And so, I mean, look, it's, it's an original story by, by any, you know, in any way, shape or form. No, um, it's, um, it's, it's, it's most sci-fi movies. It's, it's how it happens. Um, Oscar Isaac for me was the standout because Duke, Duke oh, yeah. Leto, he's such a big part of this. And, and in the movie, if you don't see him for long, you know, if you've, you know, if you've seen it as a spoiler and that's, that's the death I did not want to see, but I knew was coming because there's no way they can't go forward without his death. And it's such a major part of it. So it's, uh, it's Dune has always had a struggle with, with actually coming up with a good adaptation on TV, on, on film, in, in whatever way. They've been, there was a series at some stage with, with William Hurt. Uh, there was the old movie with Kyle MacLachlan, which, which I barely could watch 10 minutes of. Um, so this is a very true adaptation. If you've read the books, I'd say this is a very true adaptation. I, I think you'll walk out being very happy with it. If you haven't read the books, they've not let... I, I, I uh, And you haven't read the book, so I, I guess I'll yeah. pose this question to you. Um, did you feel that something wasn't well explained or anything like that? Oh, no, not at all. I was really engrossed. I was interested in the story and like I want, I want to know what happens next. 
And like for me, the main thing was the ending. Was the way they ended it. I was like, like it was it, like the way they ended. It, I'm like it like it, it fades to black, and I'm like, okay, so what's the next scene? And they're like credits, right? Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? what? That it didn't make any sense, but that was the only part that wasn't explained to me. And for me, it was just more of you know, like I was just thinking about it in terms of money. Okay, they want to make a sequel, more money, all that yeah. stuff. But now that I know there is actually a reason, reasoning behind that on in the on the book side, that actually makes it more enjoyable for me, I guess. And I'm kind of excited mm-hmm. to see what happens next. I'm I'm very excited. Like it was a, it was a brilliant cast, and I think all the cast were used so amazingly well. Like I wish I could say something bad about this movie, but I can't. Like the only thing I hate about this movie is having to watch Oscar Isaac die, but that's not the movie's fault. Yeah, that's the plot point in the books. So, and, I mean, uh, and uh, it was just so well done. I mean, so technically, this would be your favorite film of twenty twenty one. Uh, yeah, actually, yes. Which I was fully expecting, uh, and I think we can go back to that episode from a few weeks ago, months ago, where we did our top five expected films. And yes, this absolutely has gone to the top. Spider Man is out of the running, and so is Matrix. Yeah, exactly. I'm. We're going to be talking about my favorite film of the year very, very soon. But thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Really means a lot. Please email us at freshoffthescreenpodcast at gmail.com. That's freshoffthescreenpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about The Matrix. Do you think they should make another one? Or do you think they should just let it die for a little bit? What do you think about Dune? Let us know about <laughs> what you think about Dune and whether or not you think we'll be getting a sequel very soon. Or is this the end of Occupy? Actually, no, we know we're going to get a sequel. But we know let us know what sequel. you would hope. Yeah, let me let us yes. know what you would think will happen in the sequel, I guess, or what would you, what would you want to see in that sequel? <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye.